Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Well, the Utah Jazz do it again. They win. They're off to a 3-0 and start, and that is a good thing. However, and there's always a however, isn't there? However, it does come with this one footnote. They beat the Nuggets without the MVP. Nikola Jokic banged knees with Rudy Gobert in the second quarter. Jokic looked like he was in a lot of pain. He went to the locker room. He came back out, tried to give it a go, warming up, and the Nuggets decided not to play him in the second half. It looked precautionary. It looked like he was moving pretty well. We'll probably know more about it in a day or two. I think he banged knees. If you've played basketball, probably other sports too, you've done that. It really hurts when you do it, but there's no long-term damage. That's probably what it is. Now, he did get hit a little from the side. Could that have tweaked an MCL or something? Sure, it could have. We'll find out in the next couple of days. But the Jazz in the second half didn't have to face Jokic. He had 24 points in the first half. He also had like six rebounds and six assists. He was playing great. The Jazz went on a run when he sat down. Um, And they led by a couple points at halftime. That changed in the second half, really the fourth quarter. The third quarter, the the Nuggets hung in there. Uh, But the Jazz pulled away and won comfortably in the fourth quarter. But without Jokic... And, of course, Murray's gone. I mean, that's those two players right there, that's $61 million. That's like a half a payroll. <laughs> so it's a win, and that's great, but it's not beating the Nuggets, which would have been a bigger deal because the Nuggets look like one of the best teams in the West. So there is that. There'll be other games. There'll be other tests. Uh, the next game is not a big test. It's at Houston Thursday, and the Jazz should win that, and they should go to 4-0. Now, you can say, well, they're not beating anybody who's any good. They're better than all these teams. That's true, but also one of the cool things about being one of the best teams in the league is you are a lot better than other teams, and you do have a lot of easy games. If you're kind of middle of the pack, well, then you're the Lakers in overtime with the Spurs. Now, LeBron James didn't play, had an ankle injury, or ankle pain anyway, and so uh, he sat, and the Lakers won in overtime without him. So they got their win. All right, we got more to get to. We got to get to some college football next. Frank Dolce talking about the youth. We got the best of the Jazz post game show coming up. Stay with us. It's game week for the Aggies, and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It's back-to-back home games for Utah State as Blake Anderson and the Aggies square off against Hawaii in Maverick Stadium. Listen all week long for your chance to win tickets to the game and then catch all the play-by-play action beginning with the Aggie pregame show Saturday at noon. From Monday morning to all the play-by-play action, nobody brings you better coverage of Aggie football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We are joined by Frank Dolce, Ute Insider and Analyst for The Zone Sports Network. Frank joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. Utah will be in a drought next summer. Smart Rain knows the 2022 budget planning for most businesses is underway. Take advantage of their Save Now, Pay Later promotion and do your part by saving water while saving money. Check out Best of State Award winner Smart Rain at SmartRain.net. Frank, good morning. Good morning, DJ. Good morning, PK. Hello. Hope you guys are well. Yeah, I'm feeling. We great. are well. I did. I did 50 push-ups this morning, like uh, Westbrook does when he wakes up each morning to get his body in condition. So I am ready to go, Frank. How many push-ups do you do during the day or during a week? Would you say? Uh, let's see. I did them today. I did 50. So about 50. Would 50 also be like if you 
took the last several weeks and counted up all your push-ups, would 50 still be the number? Yeah. What you're saying is, is 50 code for zero? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) No, I did 50 this morning. My pecs are feeling great. We're moving forward. So you did 50 today, and now we're moving forward. Now you can do 50 tomorrow or the next day. I mean, you're on a roll. (laughs) Thank you. I'm trying to get rid of the rolls. (laughs) (laughs) Man... Isn't that the dumb thing about getting old? I know. It's like you do double the work, half the result, and triple the recovery time. <laughs> I know. I graduated high school at 140. I couldn't put a pound on me to save my soul <laughs> when I needed it did then. Guys, did you guys happen to see this, the uh, series on Showtime called, uh, was it called Four Kings or The Kings? I don't know. Didn't see it. With... With Roberto Duran and Thomas Hearns and Marvelous Marvin Hagler and Ray Leonard, Sugar Ray Leonard. Yeah, I'm aware of them. Four-part series. What was it about? Well, I'm. Yeah, it was just about those four guys and their careers and how they intertwined. And uh, I would, I, I, I would highly recommend it. It's cool. like I grew up in that era, so yeah. I, I, it was kind of you know, hearkening back. But I, you just mentioned that you were 140 pounds. And I never knew it, but like those guys who were these unbelievable professional boxers, like they weighed in at like 140 pounds. Yeah. I, I, it, it just never dawned on me that they were that, you know, they were tiny, <laughs> tiny little guys. Uh huh. I wouldn't get in the ring with them. <laughs> Good call. <laughs> well, 50 push ups today, I mean. <laughs> Frank, there's a question on the minds of Ute fans everywhere. Having watched Oregon State run all over Utah, they're a little worried UCLA is going to do the same. Those two teams are ranked 1-2, Oregon State 1, UCLA 2. Uh, as far as rushing yards per game in Pac-12, among the Pac-12 schools, they are 1-2. and two. So is UCLA going to literally follow in Oregon State's footsteps? Well, they should. Uh, I mean... If I if I'm looking at the tape, then then I think that's exactly what you would do is figure out what did how did Oregon State block that up front and and then design as closely as you can your run game based on what the Beavers did because Utah just they just couldn't stop it they couldn't figure out how to stop it and I you know I I look at the scoreboard it was like they had 140 yards rushing in the first half and I just thought and Utah was up and I thought wait a second this isn't this isn't going the right way like this doesn't sound feel like it's going the right way and and then you know they just kept pounding the ball at the line of scrimmage so I, I really thought Oregon State took over the game at the line of scrimmage in the second half I thought it was a more even battle in the first half and certainly Utah was having success on the offensive side but uh but you see but ucla has a little bit different weapon at the quarterback position so um i i said a few weeks ago the two teams that made me the most nervous about utah's upcoming schedule were arizona state and uh, ucla and then i put oregon state third um and so this is the big one. I think this is a really big matchup this weekend. Certainly a beatable team in UCLA, but they have they have so much talent and ability on the offensive side. If Utah can't figure out figure it out, then who knows? Maybe it just turns into a shooting match. 
I like the Utes in this game for a couple of reasons. Uh, Thompson Robinson has not been practicing. I don't believe they're as good as a passing attack because the Beavers did hit on some couple of throws there that made a difference. And I'm not sure that the Bruins can do that. And then also... The one thing that I've had time to think about this, and we had Nick Ford on, and he was talking about that you know, he moved to center last season. Well, they didn't play in front of any crowds. It was like it was just totally different. He's talking about this year, uh, early on, he had some center exchanges uh, issues with the quarterback because he was hyped up. The crowd got him going, his adrenaline and all that stuff. He was gripping the ball too tight. And so I think what's apparent to me is that this team – that we thought was going to be last year because they needed to reload after 2019 when they send, what, eight, nine guys, seven guys drafted, mm-hmm. nine, ten guys go to the NFL. And that's very impressive, right? Half of your starters basically are in the NFL today yeah. uh, when you include the 22. And so we looked at last year as a reloading year. And then they got, f- what, five games out there, but they were – they weren't really anything close. You, you, there's no way you can equate playing in Provo to anything you did last year. It's just it's impossible. And there's no way you can equate playing at uh, Oregon State uh, like what you had last year. So basically what we thought we were going to get last year, we're getting an extension of it this year because all these young guys are having to get this experience. And you look at it, they're four and three. Interestingly, all three games that they've lost have been on the road, which is a sign of an inexperienced, immature team. And we thought they were past that. So I think I underestimated that. So as I step back and look at it through seven games, I can see where they're at this year because of what happened last year. If they had a normal year last year, then I wouldn't say it, but they didn't. So that's where they're at this year. Yeah, that's interesting. It's, uh, it it certainly does give you a sign a, a sign of the maturity of the team, uh, the road losses. I think they're getting close, and I think they've been close, but but they just it's it's like you have to win a messy game, you have to win a blowout game, you have to win a game on the road. I mean, these are all the things that help mature uh, a football team, and so. Uh, that's the. That, it seems like that's the missing piece is the game on the road. Now, fortunately, I think for Utah, if you look at the if you look at the upcoming games, um, well, they have UCLA at home. They have Oregon at home. And Colorado. Um, so Stanford and, and Arizona away. Stanford and Arizona away. So so maybe you say, okay, Arizona. That's a that's a very gettable game. Yep. On the road, um, Stanford. Who knows what Stanford is? Exactly. I mean, precisely. Yeah. yeah. Who knows what Stanford is? But you have three three games at home that two of your toughest opponents. So that's I think that's really yeah. that's, You know, that's a good that's a good thing for Utah. But Which yeah, is why I think I, they're going to win the division. You do well. I that, do. I, yeah. I, you know, I'm not I'm not so far behind you on that. I mean, I think that's I think that's a real I think that's a real possibility. And if you want, if you looked at what Utah did against Oregon State, even with, you know, giving up the massive amounts of yards on the road um, against Oregon State, um, I'm not saying Utah should have won that game because if they should have won the game, then they would have scored twice from the right. one yard line, right. and and they wouldn't have given up a blocked punt. But they certainly had opportunities to win that game, even with the you know the the really rough defensive effort against the run. 
So I like this football team. I like what Cam Cam Rising is doing. You know, he's probably he, he would he would want a couple plays back in that Oregon State game. He missed a guy in the back of the end zone. Maybe that makes a difference. Who knows? But but uh, and 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 I like the way the offensive and defensive fronts have come along. I just you know I just happen to think that Oregon State's a pretty darn good football team, and they're really well coached. So as much as I want to say, well, Utah should have done, Utah could have done. I, you know, I think you have to give a little credit to to Oregon State because of what they did and what they accomplished. That's a good that's a good football team. But I do like Utah moving forward. So I'm curious, and this gets pretty optimistic. So maybe it's just you know wishing for what you're going to see and thinking you're seeing it. But the first four games, the Ute offense wasn't very productive. And there's a lot of, if you go through their stats, there's a lot of games where they, uh, I mean, the first game against Weber State set it aside because they had their 450 yards against Weber State. But the next three games, you know, the offense is cranking out about 350 yards a game. These last three games, like 455, 468, 493 yards. If you're cranking out that kind of yardage every week, you're the number one offense in the Pac-12. Oregon State leads at like 445 yards per game. Do you think the Utes have taken a real step in what we've seen in October? They've achieved a level that they could not do in September. This is now who they are, because if it is who they are, they've got a chance to win these high-scoring games you're talking about, assuming they don't have multiple problems in the red zone like they had at Oregon State, where they had them, but they still scored 34 points. And if they hadn't had him, then yeah. it could have been half a hundred, as the old ball coach likes to say. Yes, yes, uh, yes. A wonderful phrase. So, I, I think that what we've seen out of uh, of this Utah football team is uh, glimpses of being like that good. Like if they play up to their potential, like we saw in lots of. Lots of plays against USC, half against Washington State, maybe half against Oregon State. If they play up to that potential, then I don't see deficiencies. I don't see any deficiencies. Like, they can score a lot. They can stop people. Um, They're good in special teams. So they should win a lot of games if they're playing at their highest level. But then then the, the other side of it is that you see... You actually see you saw two blocked punts. One got called back because number eight showed up twice on the field for Oregon State, um, and and then you see this inefficiency at the goal line pop up, and then you see you know a fifty-eight yard run pop up. So, uh, and that's that's not an A effort. You know, if if Utah's playing at their A effort, I don't see deficiencies with the team. But, the, you know, the problem is they just – it's no team plays up to their A effort all the time. So Utah's going to have to eliminate as much as possible or limit, you know, the, the C effort, the average effort. Um, or or I, I shouldn't say effort. It's not, I, I don't want to make it sound like these guys aren't trying. It's, it's a C productivity, you know, below average productivity. If they get into that, then they, that they get themselves in trouble. But, but when, they're, when they're on top of their game – I, they're, I think they're really good. Yeah, yeah. 
It's just that they have a level of inconsistency right now that they're mm-hmm. going to have to work through. And we'll see it. We'll see it over time. And they do need they do need some, uh, uh, I don't know what you call it, seminal moments away from their crowd. You know, they got it in 2018. They got it against Washington on that uh, Saturday afternoon. Yeah, and then and then and and one of the guys <clears throat> said to me as we're walking off the field, we don't we've never had a win like this since we've been in this conference. This is exactly what we needed. Now we can take off, and from then on out, the next year they only lose one conference game, and they run mm-hmm. away they run away with the division, and so. I think, and we're getting way ahead of ourselves. I mean, actually, Kyle said this on Monday. He said, you know, we're going to be okay in the long term. And to me, they're going to go in next year as a heavy favorite to win the South. And and it's going to be, in terms of the favorite, it's going to be like it was two years ago. But they needed this time to reload. And last year, and you can't really have... Uh, on them because last year was screwy for everybody. It's just that they were the team that lost so much the year before. You see what I'm saying? So the circumstances yeah, were different, and they'll come out of it. and And next year, I think they'll be really good, and they'll be okay this year. Just I think we just underestimated this developing process that they needed. Yeah, I think you're right. I think the youth of the team, um, the inability uh, to to understand who should be the the starting five up front, the, the quarterback issue, um, figuring out how to be how, how Utah plays at the defensive front, the defensive front seven, the defensive line. All of those things are. I mean, it's a young it's a young group. I think in one in one game this year, Utah had eight uh, under maybe eight freshmen, eight underclassmen on the defensive side um, of the ball in a in a game. Right. Uh, it's a, it's just a young, you know, it's a young and it's a developing football team, and so, and we don't. I mean, we we just feel like as fans, we're always like, well, you know, you just reload, right? And you just reload and you just reload, and you know, that's that's so difficult. That's so difficult to do, and uh, and so I I you know what whatever Coach Whittingham has done with this this crew to get them back on track. Um, and to get to the point where where we can say like if this team's playing up to its potential, they're they're a really tough out. Like they're they're not going to lose many games when they're playing up to their potential. They could find themselves, you know, in a in a very nice situation at the end of the year. I think that's a tremendous coaching job. There were there were times early in the season where we thought, oh man, this Utah football team they may not get to 500. I mean, that, and that's an enormous turnaround to this point. Frank Dolce, former Ute quarterback, join us talking about the Utah UCLA game, and uh, I am I am curious in this one when you look at the receiving group, how much faith do you have in the guys who are in the middle of this process? PK's talking about to make big plays at big times, whether it's uh, Kincaid adjusting to this level of football, uh, Devon Vele's come on and made some plays. Anybody else you've seen? What do you think about the ability of the receivers to make big plays in a passing game with the game on the line against a quality opponent like UCLA? I love the tight end group. Uh, and I, I don't know if, if Kincaid adjusted to this level of play. I think he's always been playing at this level, and now he's just, <laughs> he's just in the right spot. Like That, that guy is really good. Keithy is really good. 
bothering Ham's really good, but because those other t- two guys are so good, you hardly talk about them. So the tight end group is fantastic. I think you, you can rely on those guys to go make you play almost any time you need someone to make a play. And then, um, and then the biggest surprise to me, the most pleasant surprise to me, has been the evolution of the receiving group. Coach Whittingham talked about all of the talent he had at the receiving group, and three games in, I think we were still kind of scratching our heads, like, where, okay, where are all these guys? I mean, he's talking about we've, they've hardly caught a pass. You know, nobody's getting separation. Nothing's happening with this group. And then all of a sudden, um, you know, you're, you're talking about Theo Howard. Um, the guy that we thought we'd be talking about, Solomon Enos, I think he just had one catch against Oregon State. Uh, and you're talking about guys like Money Parks. And, um, of course, we're talking about Britton Covey because every time he touches the ball, it's, it's pretty exciting. Dixon. And I'm, I'm and, and Jalen Dixon, I, I know I'm leaving guys out, but but so so that's I think to me that's the biggest that's the group that's that has made the biggest impact uh, a group that we didn't we were we just weren't sure about I guess coming into the season it was always my big question mark about the offenses you know what do they have on the outside and I think they've demonstrated in several instances this year the ability to get separation the ability to be very reliable in critical situations and the ability to make a big play well frank you go do some push-ups oh yeah i do get yourself ready for the game saturday i do at least 50 push-ups every day my dad my dad's an old wrestler like and so he, I think he still does like a hundred push-ups a day, like that's his thing. <laughs> nice. When he was, when he was in his rest, wrestling career, you know, when he started in high school and went through college and everything, and he he was doing like a thousand push-ups a day. Wow. I know. I've never Walker gotten to that level. I've always <laughs> felt a little bit lacking because I've never reached the level. <laughs> My dad, you need to talk to Ron Boone. You need to talk to Ron Boone. Booner always said after 50 push-ups, you're just showing off. Is that right? Is that right? Yeah, yeah well, I heard him say it multiple times. So That's why people that's, gather around me at the gym. After 50, quality. just showing off. <laughs> that's a quality statement. I, you know, Hersh- Herschel Walker was always the one who, like, he yeah. never worked out. He looked like a guy who just spent his whole life in the gym, but he was just doing push-ups and pull-ups and whatever else, body weight stuff that's he did. That's what he said, he was, yeah. Unbelievable athlete, yeah. But I don't know. Do you guys want to do a challenge? You want to do like a push-up yeah, challenge? Yeah, DJ will do it. We'll, we'll talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about it. We can talk about it next week. Maybe we can get the whole station involved. Yeah. I don't know. I'll be doing you one-handed know? push-ups in no time. <laughs> no time at all. Thanks, Sly. Yeah. All right, Frank, we got to run. Thanks a lot. Enjoy the game. We will talk to you next week. All right. You you guys are the best. Hey, thanks. I appreciate it. There is Frank Dolce, our Utah football insider. Best of the Jazz postgame next. It's game week for the Cougars. And the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It ain't over till it's over. It's a game Cougar fans have circled for a long time as Bronco Mendenhall makes his return to Provo as the Cougars welcome in the Virginia Cavaliers. Listen all week for your chance to win tickets to the game and then catch the Cougar pregame show Saturday at 7 with the postgame show immediately following the game. From Monday morning to the postgame press conference, nobody 
brings you better coverage of Cougar football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. The Jazz do it. They beat the Nuggets, although they beat the shorthanded Nuggets with Jokic not playing in the second half. More on that here in the postgame show. Stay with us. It's your Jazz recap here on DJ and PK on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake Scott with you. Jazz win. They moved to 3-0 on the season. They beat the Nuggets last night 122-110 to right here at Vivid Arena. Rudy Gobert led the way with 23. Also had 16 uh, rebounds and a block shot. Donovan Mitchell, 22 points, 6 assists, a couple of rebounds. Nikola Jokic dominant in this one. Uh, he had 24 points in 15 minutes. Uh, six assists and six rebounds, only 15 minutes because he left the game late in the first half after knocking knees with Rudy Gobert. He suffered a knee contusion. Warmed up at half, tried to see if he could go. He did not in the second half, and the Jazz pull away for a 12-point victory. Let's get to some post-game sound. Let's start things out with Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. Well, first of all, I hope he's. It sounds like he's okay. I hope, I hope that that is the case. You know, you never. It's always scary. Any, any guy. In um. You know, I, I think it can work a lot of ways. You know, there's oftentimes the team like lifts their level. Um, you know, you're, he's obviously a central part of the game plan, so that changes. Um, you know, I thought we were we were sluggish in the third quarter. Um, some of that was them, some of that was us. But you know, I, I thought we we really responded and um, defended in the fourth, which um, I didn't think we started the game with that same mindset. We were scoring the ball you know, really efficiently. And we're just, there was a long period where we were just tra- trading with them. And then obviously, you know, Jokic started making shots. We have almost had his triple double at halftime. After Jokic went out, then you had the opportunity to put on You had a couple of other guys that had looked so bad in the first half. What did you like or not like? Yeah, I mean, he, he's obviously when, when Jokic is in the game, you know, that, that generally requires, you know, size with Rudy and Hassan, um, unless we want to cross match and, and do some things like that, that, um, we've done and they've seen, um, but, you know, Aaron, you know, Aaron really, really hurt us in the first half. Uh, I didn't, you know, there's, he's going to make some tough shots with his size. He can shoot over, but, we let him drive by us. We weren't alert on the weak side. We didn't contest his shots. You know, I just thought it was too easy. You know, and obviously with one of those bigger guys on him, it's harder for him to, you know, to, to use his strength and, and overpower him. So that that changes the game a little bit. And then you're defending, you know, Will Barton more off the dribble. And um, it's kind of how you know, the game just evolves and adjusts. What changed for you guys defensively from that third quarter? No, I, I, I think there was you no. Know, we were we did a good job on the boards. First of all, you know, I, I think that was a big part of the game. Um, and I just thought we did a better job contesting shots. We were just more locked in. And uh, like I said, sometimes with you know you're having success on the offensive end, um, you know, that that's your focus, and our focus needs to be on our defense. And the offense will take care of itself. And um, you know, I saw the ball sticking. We passed up shots. You know, I know we didn't shoot well, but you know when we don't take our shots and don't move the ball, things get stagnant. You know, and I, I think that affects us. You know. I think that affects us on the other end as well. If we think about our defense, 
odds are the ball is going to move and we're going to be more efficient on offense. If we think about our offense, the odds are we're not going to be as good defensively. It's just for a team that's got as many weapons as we do, it's counterintuitive, but that's where our, our focus needs to be on the defensive. And I, I, frankly, I thought the first you know, minutes of the game, we, we really were locked in. You know, we did a good job. You know, there was some aggressiveness. We just didn't, um, you know, we just didn't sustain it. You might when Eric went in tonight, the energy level kind of went off. What did you see out of him? You know, he moved the ball, like, as much as anything. And I think he, he did provide – you can feel him competing, but – you know, something as simple as like not letting the ball stick, driving in the lane and kicking it out to a shooter. Those are, you know, those are simple plays, but those are the plays that if we make, we're hard to guard. And he made them. Mark Merrick, you know, the back on score, you know, the Nuggets 42 to 13. How about Joe and Jordan both hitting milestones, you know, tonight? Just what kind of luxury is to have those two off the you know, I, I thought Jordan really gave us a boost in the first half. He got some clean looks, um, you know, and he, he he's on balance. He goes up. You think it's going to go in. And then, you know, he, he did a good job getting into the lane, too, when, when we needed to attack the rim. And, you know, I, I thought Joe, um, particularly when they're switching or when they're blitzing, you know, his size and his ability to pass the ball and find people, you know, ma- makes it easier on everybody. So, um, as you said, both those guys did, did a good job, and that's – well, that's you don't take it for granted, but that's what we expect. I thought that they both competed on defense too. Right. What specifically have you liked about Jordan's drive game this year? Um, you know, I, I think he's 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 attacking at the the right times. He's attacking quicker, meaning you know it's he's making a quick first move on his initial decision to drive. Um, and I think that's allowing him to get an advantage. And then if someone cuts him off, he's able to, you know, to play off a of contact. So I, just, I would just say that, you know, the, the, the reads, whether or not to take a shot or go, the ball's not sticking in his hands where he starts kind of, um, you know, I don't mind Jordan isolating, but there's, there, there's ways to have that even be more effective, you know, and I, I don't know what you, how you differentiate it or what you call it, but, you know, I think he's making quick decisions and, um, you know, and then, you know, he, he's, he's able, he has counters, you know, when, when he gets in there. Second straight game, Sean Whiteside's physicality has been noticeable, including getting ejected. Do you like that type of thing? I mean, how, how do you look at that? Um, you know, I, I think the, you know, anytime you have scuffles, confrontations in games, that's just part of an NBA game. Um, you know, those things happen because guys compete on a high level. I, I think the main thing with Hassan is um, you know, he's doing the things that help us win, you know, and whether that's rim protection or, you know, keeping balls alive, rebounding, running, and uh, you can you can feel him competing, you know, and that's, you know, that's something that, that I think he's taking a lot of pride in. He goes in there, he's, he's impacting the game in a, in a real way, and that's what we're seeing. Is it a luxury to have Boyan be your go-to scorer in the game last season? Be a guy who doesn't have to finish the game this year and it's not going to fall off. Yeah, I mean, I, I today was, you know, with our group, you know, particularly, you know, Boyan was out two years ago in the bubble. We had Donovan out last year, Mike out, you know, it, it, having guys that are able to step in at various times is huge. And, you know, Boyan, you know, the, Boyan's finished almost every game that he's played here, you know, and, and he'll continue to do that.
you know, tonight we felt like Joe was making some plays that, um, you know, were impacting us and it had really very little to do with Boyan not doing something as much as it did with Joe was making an impact, you know, handling the ball and allowing those other guys to, to space. But I'm glad we got Boyan. There's Coach Quinn Snyder after his team moved to 3-0 after a win over the Nuggets last night, 122-110. to Let's get to the players. Let's start things off with Rudy Gobert. I think we we started Recording to move the in, progress. in the fourth, uh, and it's kind of the the cycle when like when we play well offensively, we share the ball, then our defense get be- gets better, or because our defense gets better, we move the ball. I don't know, but uh, I like when uh, when that happens, and uh, that's when we play our best basketball. You feel more comfortable now being on the perimeter when you get pushed pick and roll offensively? That's when you really work. Yeah, I've been comfortable. Yeah, I've been comfortable. If you yeah. I didn't feel anything, but I, I, saw, I saw the video, and yeah, I think uh, my right knee bumped into his knee, and unfortunate. I hope he's doing well. You gotta embrace it. I mean, the, the, I miss. <laughs> I was mad at myself for missing four free throws in a row in the first half, so. Uh, they gave me a great opportunity to redeem myself. So we got to embrace it. And, you know, I know what, I know that I'm a good free throw shooter. So I just got to knock him down and enjoy it. And then Quinn puts you on Aaron Gordon, second half. And, you know, obviously he is really hot in the first half. What, what, what are you trying to do against someone who has scored that uh, I think he, he scored. He, he, he really used uh, his height and, you know, his physical advantage. You know, on on our guards, and you know, we try to adjust and then try to put somebody bigger on him, and, and see uh, see what happens. You know, try to make him earn earn, earn it and give him a different look. And uh, you know, we did a good great job as a team in the second half. So much of what you do doesn't necessarily show up on the the box score, but the first three games you've had really big numbers. <laughs> you like having those kind of follow up to, to show what you are here. I think I can play every game. You know, there's a lot of things I can do better. So, uh, I, I really stay away from the numbers this year. You know, I think, uh, you know, when you pay too much attention to the numbers, you kind of limit yourself. And uh, and you also play to other people's standards. I try to play to my own standards and, you know, and maybe do things that, you know, uh, not being done very often, you know, and try to be the best really I can be and see what happens. For myself? Uh, I mean, uh, I stayed with it. You know, uh, it was hard for me to get touches early on. Uh, I missed a lot of free throws in the first half. Uh, you know, just got to stay with it. You know, keep trusting my teammates. Uh, they kept trusting me. And, uh, you know, we found a way to play uh, better basketball, you know, in the second half, in the fourth quarter. And, uh, and you know, and uh, I got to stay ready. And, and when the team's going to foul me, I got to knock down the free throws because it's, uh, it's the only thing they can do. You know, it's foul me. It's the last resort, you know. So if, if I make the free throws, it's uh, at some point they have to, to change strategy. So much of the game plan centered around Jokic. How difficult is it to kind of like alter that? I mean, it's you know, he's, he's, uh, he's an amazing player, but I think we, I think we, we have to understand that it's about us and it's not about who we play. Um, 
you know, we were smart enough as a team to understand all the different lineups that are going to come at us. We knew that if Jokic was out, they were going to play small and try to space the floor. So, you know, we, we try to punish them inside and move the ball and attack the rim and defensively, you know, just uh, all lock in, you know, all guard our yard, guard our man, communicate and make sure we, we rebound. And, you know, it was a really, really good stretch, you know, the last uh, six minutes of the game. What are you noticing from Eric Kraft? I love his energy. You know, he he had it's funny because he had a lot happen to him. He had problem on cheekbone. He had a, a dislocated his finger the day before the first game. So, but he, he showed up. You know, he showed up every practice, every game. Uh, I love how he you know he brings the intensity every single second, and it's contagious. You know, when you have guys like that that. You know, embrace every challenge, and uh, you know, and, and also uh, pushes <laughs> their teammates to be better. You know, it's uh, it's huge. It's huge for a team. All right, we actually have one Zoom question. Juan Baraka, go ahead. Juan. Rudy, uh, how's it going? Um, after last after last year uh, lost against the Clippers, there was a lot of people hating on you on how do you uh, defend small ball and stuff. Uh, that started last I year. Mean, yeah, yeah. I started way before that. <laughs> I yeah. Sorry, I I imagine that wasn't uh, easy for you. But now here you are. Here you are responding with uh, the first season start, the the best sorry season start of your career. Not just because of the numbers but because you can uh, just uh, watch uh, you play and, and you can realize that. Uh, how, how strong is your mind and your body right now? And how do you deal with, with that uh, in order to improve every day? Thank you. I think when you, when you come to a certain time, you know, a certain level of maturity, you, you stop caring about people's opinions. You know, people, they're just going to follow the trend. If the trend is to hate on this guy, they're going to hate on this guy. And, And that's the world we live in. But I'm just focused on my team. You know, I'm enjoying myself. I'm having fun. And, uh, and you know, we got, a, we got something to achieve. So, you know, it's all about staying locked in, staying focused on one another and, uh, and keep getting better. And just have fun. There is Rudy Gobert. Nice night for Rudy. Uh, led the team in scoring with 23 points. Also grabbed 16 boards. Uh, grabbed block shot. Uh, Denver went to the hacker Rudy strategy down the stretch in the fourth. Did not work. Rudy knocked down some clutch uh, free throws in the Jazz. Solidified the win. Let's now hear from Donovan Mitchell. Obviously, we don't want guys to be thrown out of games. But is it, I mean, it's third game of the season. He's out there and he's not backing down. Is that something that you like? No, three games, two ejections. You know, I think we're, <laughs> we're on pace for a lot of them. But no, I, I think, you know, you know, adding Hassan, you know, I think he's, he's a guy that is, is, is dedicated to his craft. He puts the work and the time in, you know, I told you guys at the beginning of the year, the biggest thing for him was just learning where to be, you know, and I think defensively that comes easy for him and Rudy, you know, um, there was a point in time in my career where both of them were battling for leading in blocks and stuff like that. So, you know, for, for me, the defense, I think is easy. He's, he's, he is a competitor offensively. He's coming down, you know, rolling, making the right plays. But then he also adds a level of toughness as you saw tonight. And, you know, I think that that goes without saying, we see it, we know it. And, you know, it just gave us a boost, you know, and I think there was a, <clears throat> 
the game was going back and forth and plays like that, you know, really define, you know, what we're going to be, you know, and I think that was, that was good for us and good for him, you know, to kind of establish that as his role. And we knew that, but it's good for, you know, the fans to see that. And that's, that's, that's why we love us on and, you know, we're going to continue to continue to, to be uh, aggressive. What was working inside the arc that had been in the first two games? Uh, for the team? For you. Uh, for me? Um, really just coming out to attack. I mean, I'm, I missed a lot of easy ones, I think, the past two games. I, I think it's the shots I work on continuously, day in and day out. I think now just making them, putting, putting more time and effort, I think that's it. I think that's happened with a lot of my shots. You know, I'm one of nine or three. You know, I feel like I'm, <clears throat> I can make easily all of them. You know, I think it's just a matter of makes or misses. You know, and that'll come. You know, I think the biggest thing is just trying to find ways to impact the game in other ways, whether it's offensively, defensively. Uh, but, you know, just being able to could just stay with it, you know, not really getting too too frustrated or too pressed about, you know, the shots not going in. What's, um, what's your reaction? Yeah, you know, just when teams are pushing you guys this year, you guys are kind of pushing back. Mm-hmm. Physic- when the physicality challenges you guys, mm-hmm. you know, aren't you kind of losing that battle a little bit? Um, I mean, that's how I grew up. You know, I mean, that's New York City basketball. It's fine. It's, you know, I, I love that. I embrace it. I enjoy it. And I think as a group, we're embracing it as well. I think there are times where we've kind of gotten, you know, stagnant or getting out, getting us out of our offense. And I think, you know, a lot of times when you get to a point where teams are pushing or being aggressive, you you think so much of, oh, you got to be physical right back. It's not so much that. I think the biggest thing is being able to execute while being pushed, execute while being in those in those instances. So you look at Sacramento, um, being able to fight through that physicality, being able to still run our stuff. You know, there are times last year where, you know, you get phys- teams get physical and we stop. Or if we do stop, like we stopped, we got stagnant today, but we still made plays. We still moved on to the next thing. And I think that's a level of maturity for our team that we've, that we finally <clears throat> are starting to get to and starting to see that it's okay. You know, there's not going to, there are going to be games where you know, guys get ejected and things, things happen, but it's how do we continue to, to move on and understand that it's just, it's just physicality. And if we can continue to execute up here, we'll be fine. When they go on you or you, how are you deciding whether or not to kind of well, you'd think I'd learn after the first four turnovers in the trap, right? Um, I think for me, it's just, like I said, just not forcing it. Um, tonight I did in, in three or four instances, and then the fourth quarter came, and I was like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm hard-headed. You know, <laughs> got to try things out and get, get used to it. But when the fourth quarter comes, slowing down, being steady, and just being able to read, you know, and I think that's when I'm at my best. And, you know, I was able to do that early, and then the third quarter kind of got a little shaky. Um, but I think that's that's pretty much the read for me, understanding who's open, how they're going to be open, and, you know, to go from having to be to be where, where Jokic is in a bigger big to go from that, you know, I got to be able to do that uh, quicker, you know, than, than, I, than I did tonight. And that's what we'll see tomorrow or the next day against, against Houston. So just being ready to see that. And, you know, we have too many lethal weapons on the floor for me to try and, spl- <clears throat> try and split and not be able to find guys. A lot of it is – you know, not so much the guys in front of me, it's the guys on the backside, you know, being able to see where they're at. You know, sometimes they shifted. I had a turnover to start the half where I, if I make the pass a little bit higher, Rudy gets it, you know, then the end one I got, I'm holding it to see what the other guy's going to do. He want, goes away, I go for a lamp. Like those are the reads, you know, understanding they're pulling in both ways. So either corner will be open where I hit Royce and he hits Rudy. So like those are those are the, the levels of, of reads. Or sometimes it's even just getting off it right away and having that guy make the make the play. I think that's you know, the level of, of, of reads that I'm, I've been getting, getting to. What did Frank tonight specifically 
um, that's 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 Eric. You know, the defensive toughness. You know, being able to come in, make the right plays. You see the going catches to a kick out for a three. Being able to do be a star in what he does, and that's him. He's been like that his his whole life, and especially when he's on an island one on one. I think he 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 like cherishes that he loves that you know i think that's that's for him is you know his moment and he goes out there and and locks up that's what he's been doing sorry um but yeah i think that's that's just him you know and he's like i say he's at a level of toughness too and that that gives us lift you know hassan does it one way he does it in in a similar way you know and i think his voice being able to be able to show and lead by example too on the defensive and i think it's huge going back to I think it really it varies. And like I said, that goes back to just feeling everybody out. You know, he has to understand where I like to get screen set, Mike, Joe, JC. So it's all about feeling that part out, you know, and he's gotten better at it. You know, it's not going to be perfect just yet. You know, we're only three, three games in, but he's, he's setting it lower. He's in, in, in we're working on getting them up and getting them and getting them to roll, but he's getting out quick and getting the role, which is impacting a lot of, which is allowing the defense to have to shift and, and kind of get to him. And now you're getting our threes, never getting our stuff, which the preseason, he wasn't doing as much because he just, you don't know, you know, so now he's, he's seeing and understanding. And that goes back to, like I said, his commitment to the game and being able to go through things and understand it at a, at a quick pace. You mentioned after the Sacramento game, you guys were on the fly in game, mm-hmm. kind of handle things and, you know, yeah, I think being able and also being able to react to that, I think is huge too. And being able to adjust, you know, like I said, coming out of timeouts or being able in game to understand, all right, they're probably going to switch one through five. So let's run this or they're, they're blitzing. Let's run this. Let's put this position, the ball here, position, the ball there. Let's put somebody in the action, you know, being able to have that communication as a group, like I was telling Tony, being able to do that through physicality, you know, through moments where we've turned the ball over, being able to consistent, consistently do that, I think is the, the level that we're, you know, we're getting to, but it's early, you know, we've done it twice, but we've got to continue to do it in order to, um, to be where we want to be. There is Donovan Mitchell, his 22.6 and a couple of rebounds. Let's wrap up uh, player sound with Eric Paschal. Eric, you know, we got to ask what happens to, what happened to your cheek? I'm in the same as y'all. I don't know. Uh, I thought I had a pimple the other day, and I, I think it just got infected because I just had a bump, and then all of a sudden I wake up and my eyes swollen, my whole face is swollen. But I'm okay. I'll be all right. You've been getting a lot of a lot of praise, not just from your teammates, but also from folks, especially tonight, on the intensity that you bring and how quickly you're picking up stuff here. Is, that, is it something that you're finding easy, that you're feeling that on the court, or you still feel like you're kind of finding a way? Oh, obviously, it's a new team, new season. Still trying to find my way. But, um, Again, I've been in this role before where not really the star player, you're not going to get the ball a lot. So you find a way to impact the game in different ways. So I feel like a lot of it goes to Villanova and, and even Coach Quinn. Coach Quinn's done a great job just giving me confidence to go out there and bring energy and allow me to be me. What change you guys from that third to the fourth quarter? Um, I thought we just pressured the ball more. I mean, we, we got more locked in. We, we said to each other, we got to get stops to, to be able to beat them because they're a very good team. So I feel like at the end of the game, we, we did that. We got a lot of stops, and um, it was great for us. It was a great team, man. You ended up on an island. It might have been a little part, I can't remember, but you ended up slowing down. You didn't get a shot off. And the crowd kind of responded to that. Do you notice that, that that can be an energy builder for someone? But 
Uh, yeah. I mean, again, that's what I try to, I try to bring, just bring a lot of energy, bring uh, a way to get people involved and uh, just have fun out there to be real. Um, that's part of having the fun, just being a crowd and glad in, in this non-COVID, like kind of non-COVID times where you the crowd can actually be there and you hear that. So again, it, coming from Golden State here, it's better to be on the side of the Jazz fans than not because I remember playing here and they are very loud. Does someone say that you don't have protection behind you or do you know you're just kind of going along one or what, what is the thought there? Just to keep them in front to be real. I mean, that's what what you try to do is contain. So that's what I was really thinking. I'm kind of like, it was just in my own zone, just trying to get a stop. You have a few possessions against Aaron Gordon. As a defender, when you're going against a guy like that who was really hot in the first half, what's, what's priority number one for him? I was just trying to slow him down. Um, again, he's physical. So, me, I try to match him with my physicality and try to wear him down a little bit, let him know that, I mean, it's not going to be that easy. So, I try to do that with uh, a lot of my matchups, just trying to um, use my physicality and still with my quickness. When he says the thing that he's noticed by I would say just watching the game. I mean, uh, filling it out, knowing how teams used to play me last year and the year before. I know when I drive, a lot of teams are going to try to collapse thinking I can't pass. So I try to just make teams pay for that, to be real. Uh, just pass the ball when, when you need to. So that's my whole thought process going into all the games. There's Eric Paschal. Did not score in 14 minutes, but grabbed four boards, had a couple of assists, and certainly was energy guy coming in off the bench. In fact, Rudy Donovan and Coach Snyder all talked about what Paschal uh, brought to the game last night. It's Jazz win, 122-110. to Up next, the Jazz are on the road. Tomorrow night, they're taking on the Rockets in Houston. That game will tip off at 6 o'clock. Pre-game coverage here on The Zone begins at 5. There's the best of the post-game show. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines next.